Hi everyone and welcome to 21 Questions, the podcast where we tackle 21 big questions about life, faith and Christianity during 2021. In about 20 minutes? In about 20 minutes. Yeah, my name is Richard Jones <laughs> and I'm a pastor at Living Rock Church. This is my good friend and colleague, Mike Shooter. Yes, you'd have thought I'd remember the intro after 17 long well, 20-minute episodes, but <laughs> ish. <laughs> ish episodes. Uh, well, this is episode number 17, and the whole of the series of 21 questions will be available on our YouTube channel, Living Rock Church, or you can head over to every major podcasting platform to find us there. Hey, if we're not on there, you shouldn't even be on there looking for your podcasts. <laughs> so um, all the links you could ever need, though, will be in the description as normal, so head there if you are looking for any of those. This week, mm-hmm. we are going to be looking at why does the church want my money? Give us all your money. All your um, hugs and kisses too, yeah. <laughs> hugs and kisses too. That's what a lot of people would think about the church potentially. And um, there's some some good reasons for that, some not so good reasons for that. Mm-hmm. But um, as normal, we should explore what the Bible says about money and, and why that's kind of become a thing, I guess. Yeah, I think it, it seems like um, if you want to provoke a reaction in people, um, <laughs> one of the great ways to do that is to talk about money. Yes, that's uh, true. Is to refer to money, is to ask for money because yes. uh, it's a really important thing. And um, it, it is an issue that some people have about the church, that the church always seems to be asking for my money or the church is all about kind of accruing wealth and uh, that that's kind of all the church is really interested in getting is kind of this material gain. Yeah. And I think there's been a bit of a, a mistrust and a skepticism about the abuse of in the church money and power, not just in the church, of course, in, in society, in government, in business, in, in every sphere. Yeah. This is definitely one of those things, isn't it, where um, it's, it's an accusation that kind of gets leveled against the church, but actually money, it, abuse of money and yeah. power and stuff like that is, is prevalent in all areas of society. They're corrupting powers, aren't they, at the Absolutely. end of the day? Which is why, actually, money is so important, which is why the Bible has so much to say about it, which is why it matters to God, why it matters to Christians, why it mattered to Jesus. So we're going to pick that up. And I think, you know, there's things about ornate churches, you know, why does the, you know, the, the, the sorts of buildings that were built when other people were in seeming poverty, you know, the, the materials, the windows, everything that yeah, was used yeah. to make these ornate churches, is that fair? Uh, is that right? The furnishings, the, even some of the lifestyles of the priests, perhaps. And yeah. then modern day, I guess, that's more. That's much more about the kind of televangelists that you read about. Yeah, yeah. Send me about. a thousand pounds and yeah. God will bless you. <laughs> I'll bless you and, you know, I'll bless you from my jet, my yeah, private yeah. jet, you know. Um, so there's this kind of... Uh, skepticism and cynicism about where this money is going and is it just going straight into the pocket of an individual who happens to be quite yeah. charismatic and has hoodwinked people to to give them the money in and they're really fair questions and actually like although you see this in all areas of society with the church should be different we should stand yeah. out we should be exemplary mm-hmm. in handling money in um in making money um work for people mm-hmm. and work for ultimately the extension of god's kingdom and what he wants in the earth so there should be a distinction and you should be able to look at the church and go hey that's how yeah. money should be handled should be used yeah um but admittedly it's not always been like that and money so, is a taboo subject like it is, you can yeah. ask people a lot of questions but you never ask them how much they earn you know <laughs> <laughs> and um and there is something about money where we all need it we all use it but we don't like to always talk about it and we certainly don't like to ask for it and yeah um, and, and I think that's because at the end of the day, money can be very close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's about what we own, what we possess. And, and so therefore, there is a biblical principle. And, and actually, 
if you go back to to the Old Testament in Psalm 24, it, it, it makes this statement, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, yeah. the world and all its people belong to him. So there's this whole thing that God is a creator. The, 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 yeah. the, the, the Judo-Christian view is God owns everything anyway. Yeah. It's his. <laughs> like, and what we, uh, what we get to receive, whether it's from our work or from the, the fields or from cattle, wherever it is, uh, a financial provision is for us to steward yeah, it means it's for us to use wisely and use well, but there's a a principle that goes right the way back to the beginning of Genesis, where even with that, there's something that God expects for us to sort of give to Him as a recognition that it actually is all His. Yeah, absolutely, and that we're trusting Him for His provision. We're giving thanks for His provision, and therefore there's that trusting God over trusting the provision that God has given us to live off, I guess. And it, Definitely. That's, that's a biblical principle, isn't it? That we would still very much hold to and believe in and, and express in our own lives. Absolutely. And it's not just about the... Um the, the the amount or what it is mm. or anything like that it's all god is always looking for the heart you yeah. know even with that first story back with cain and abel mm-hmm. where you know um abel brings the best of his flock you know he brings mm-hmm. the the kind of the choice um piece of meat to god to to sacrifice and then cain it's not about the fact that he brings vegetables god's not, <laughs> got no issue with vegetables <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but it's about the fact that he brings kind of what's left over he brings yeah. the the not the best of what he has he he just brings kind of a bit of a token mm. gesture and mm-hmm. in that both their hearts are displayed is yeah. that abel's willing to bring god the best and cain is just willing to kind of bring what's left over what he can afford what yeah. he can get away um, with get away with almost yeah. yeah and and i think you you often see that whenever whenever um, it comes down to money, uh, I think that's a really it's very quickly you see the heart behind why somebody's yeah. giving what they're giving, um, and I think that's really important. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what you see as well is that even in uh, with in Jesus' times, you know they tried to trick Jesus. You know the Jews were under this Roman Empire, and, mm-hmm. and they would feel that they were being oppressed by the Romans. And they they kind of posed Jesus the question, you know, should we pay taxes yeah, yeah. to the Roman to our Roman oppressors? They're trying to trip him up. Yeah. And Jesus said, no, give to Caesar. You know, he takes a coin. He says, whose heads on this coin? And they're like Caesar. Yeah. Well, he says, then give to Caesar what Caesar's. Give to God what's God's. And even then, he's saying, as a Christian principle, that we're to pay our taxes, we're to pay our way in yep. society, and we're to honor God. And that is an ongoing way of, of ensuring that we're well balanced in how we live and that we're, we're trusting God and we're honoring those that require our taxes and, and require that of us. And, and that ultimately, whether we've received a lot or a little, it's kind of irrelevant because God wants to know, as you said, what we do with it is, is, is what matters. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And our trust of God and our willingness to be honest, to be open, to be accountable, and to be generous where we can. You know, all of those things are really powerful biblical pictures. And I think everybody would want to express those things in their own lives. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, it, it, I find it fascinating that Jesus talks about money so much, like more than he talks about heaven, more than he talks about <laughs> the church. Uh, way more than he talks about the church. Yeah, way more. And he, uh, but I think it's because he makes this distinction, doesn't he, where, um, you know, often misquoted, money's the root of all evil. It's not. The love of money yeah. um, is the root of all evil. But he he talks about money in that context of, as mammon, like mm. almost like there's this um, this spirit mm. that almost comes like a along god in it. his own right. Yeah, in its own right. Absolutely. I think it's something that universally you see um, it, for, throughout all different cultures, throughout all different backgrounds rich poor middle class for some people and a a lot of people money becomes 
their god mm. and i think it's it's really interesting because it's almost exclusively across the world this it doesn't matter what culture you find yourself mm. in you will find people where money has become the most important thing to yeah, them yeah materialism now as well is such you oh, know huge. such a big driver and and he says you know you one of them will be your master it'll either be god or it'll be material wealth you know yeah, yeah, pursuit, yeah. the pursuit of material wealth that will own you and so because of that, there is this kind of test in that, that's present for us. And, mm. and he also, you know, you mentioned he, he does talk about heaven and he says, actually, what you do with your wealth now. Yeah. And we, line from Gladiator, <laughs> I love to use, what we do in this life. Will echo in eternity. <laughs> and there's that principle of what you do with your financial wealth, what you do in this life has an impact on what you um, sort of invest in eternity in heaven. Now, as a, as a Christian, as Christians, we would believe in that. We believe there's an afterlife and we believe we can invest now into our afterlife for rewards based on how we live today, being generous, being kind, being faithful, being good stewards, being honest, and all of those things. And Jesus very much picks that up. And, you know, you said he's not afraid to talk about money. This guy comes along, he's got an impeccable record of, you know, obeying all the rules, doing all the right things. And Jesus says, great, one last thing for you then, sell all your possessions and come and follow me. Yeah. And there's that that moment where he's having to decide, where is my God? Yeah. Is it Jesus? You know, is it God or is it money? Yeah. And it says he left crestfallen, really, because he realized that actually he, he loved has money stuff more and than he, and, and that owned him more yeah. than the desire to follow Jesus. And that's kind of that acid test, I suppose, to say, yeah. what is it that you most um, are dependent on, that you're most investing in? Yeah. And, and I think then that part of then the reason that the church is often kind of seen to be asking for money uh, i think sometimes that's done poorly and yeah it's done in a, in a bad way but i think it is part of the responsibility of the church to make sure that what god um what he's asked his people to be honored with mm. is honored yeah you know yeah, and yeah. he is honored in that way and there is this principle you see throughout scripture mm-hmm. of of um of people uh, bringing sacrifice, bringing offerings to God, but then also the priests kept looking after it and mm. making sure it's distributed well. And man, if they get that wrong, the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the judgment on them is really serious. Mm. But but it is interesting that actually the church does have a responsibility to do that. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus is there, he's in a, some sort of setting where people are coming and bringing their, their offerings, they're, mm-hmm. they're bringing their money to some sort of, collection if you like yeah and this little old lady turns up with a couple of coins and jesus commends her and he says she's given everything yeah there's a small amount but she's given everything yeah and you know they might be getting loads of money from this person or that person but really as a percentage of what they own it's tiny whereas she's given everything and he commends her for that you know he doesn't he doesn't chase her down and say no take them back you need them because he's saying no you're trusting god first you know when he when he meets Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who's ripping people off, as soon as Zacchaeus realizes he needs to change and he repents, Jesus says, right, deal with that. And he goes and he repays everybody that, what, what he owed them plus compensation, you know. Yeah. And so there's, there's this transformation that takes place. And Jesus himself was not afraid to take financial support. No, he wasn't. So Luke describes these women that were followers of Jesus. And that was also revolutionary, that Jesus took su- financial support from women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these were business women, women of wealth, um, that were wanting to invest into Jesus and his disciples because they believed in what they were doing. Yeah. And so th- there's even that, uh, this kind of biblical example of, of it being done well. Yeah. The challenge has been that it's also been done very badly. Exactly. And mishandled. But we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were, with in respect to that. 
Yeah, and, and I guess that's the balance because when you look at Jesus, he wasn't afraid to own nice things. You know, part you know at, at the crucifixion, mm. you know the um, the the Roman soldiers have nailed Jesus to the cross they're then dividing up his garments and there's this really odd story about the fact that they they kind of cast dice for his um for his robe robe because it was actually a a beautiful piece of cloth Mm. it was something that was it was one piece of material which meant that it was it was seamless it was worth money and Jesus owned that you know he didn't give that off and sell it to to the poor and Mm. you know there was other times where um uh, a woman comes in breaks this jar of ointment over jesus and and one of the disciples is like that could have been sold and given to the poor and arguably a a year's worth of wages of this 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 jar of um perfume cost yeah incredible and i mean it was judas so his opinion was you know the bible tells us was skewed anyway in his portion yeah but jesus makes it really clear like actually she's done something beautiful for me and and there is a place for wealth and money to be used not only for the poor but for beautiful ways of honoring god and yeah. blessing him and mm. and and um and that doesn't mean a, a private jet <laughs> necessarily <laughs> no, it's true but um but there are still these beautiful ways that that money can be used to honor god and to bless him and yeah. to uh, uh and i think that's it, it's just important that we see that money um can be used in in beautiful ways mm. uh, and uh, to to extend God's kingdom, to transform people's lives, to mm. to honor God, to um, see beautiful things created, to, yeah. to honor Him, and, and enable so, people to be in a position where they too can be generous. And yeah, definitely. I think you know, th- th- there's this phrase that Jesus uses: "Where your treasure is, there y- your heart also is." So, yeah. and what He's saying really is that w- I can tell you what matters to you based on where you spend your money. <laughs> <clears throat> and you know, if you look at somebody's statement at the end of the month. If you take out all of the stuff you have to pay for, maybe your, your mortgage or your rent and your council tax and your electricity and gas, and we started yeah. and all that sort of stuff, <laughs> and you've got this disposable income, you can see what really matters to a person based on where they put their money. Yeah, it might be a, you know a big bill at odd bins, or it might be a, you know at a gym, or it might be supporting a football team, or it might be buying clothes. You know, but but there's certain things that kind of define where your heart is based on where you spend your cash. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Jesus is saying that it's like. Where you spend your money, that shows where your heart really is. That shows what really matters to you. And and that's what God is interested in. And yeah. and, and in the church in Acts, what you can see is that the, in, in the, when the church is born, Jesus has died, risen again, been with his disciples for 40 days, ascends to heaven, and now he says, wait, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit falls, and, and, that, and the, the, the church is born, 120 people, and then very quickly become 3,120 yeah, people. Yeah. But it tells us what they did. And one of the things that they did was they sold stuff that was superfluous, that they didn't necessarily need, and brought it so that everybody in the church, all the needs were met, yeah. that every believer had what they needed. And actually some of it they gave to the leaders in the church so that they could d- kind of dispense and disperse it wherever it was needed because yeah, they trusted yeah. them. And and I suppose what's been missing, what's been damaged over the years is that trust. Yeah. Um, but as we've said, that doesn't mean that it, that can't work. Um, and I believe that's still God's heart, that the church is a place of equality wherever possible, a place of generosity and a place where there is trust. And as you said, you know, leaders that aren't handling it well will be judged for it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and I think we have a genuine fear of God in that in, in that respect, or at least I hope we do. And Yeah, and, and you know, we also have a responsibility to, to kind of... Um, allow people to have freedom with 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 what they have as well Mm. you know it's really interesting one of the i mean it's not long after the church is formed that actually you begin to see 
corruption already with finances because Ananias and Sapphira, yeah, true. Um, you know, well-known story in the Bible where they're, everyone is selling what they have and giving um, giving so that people don't have any need and, and stuff like that. And it's a, it's a really um, powerful sobering yeah and sobering <laughs> sequence of events that are taking place yeah. but then ananias and sapphira they essentially they sell a piece of land they're going to give the money but they lie about it and they mm. say well this is what we got for it and it wasn't the amount of money that they said but when the judgment comes on those and 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 peter says you know what you've done is totally wrong you've lied to the holy spirit mm. about this he makes it clear like this was yours to do as you wanted yeah, with it. Yeah, you could true. have sold it. You could have given a portion of it. You yeah. could have given all of it. It, it was all yours yeah. to do with as you pleased. And nobody was forcing you to give mm, all this away. Really point, yeah. um, but actually, it was their attitude to it. Again, they were, it was like they're using it to show off or yeah. they want to kind of fit in. And, mm. you know, you don't really understand. You don't necessarily get an insight into their heart as mm. to why they did what they did. But what you see is that dishonesty with money, mm. that that lack of trust with what God had given them yeah. um, was was a really serious issue. But it was theirs to do as, yeah. as they saw fit with. Absolutely. And, and and I think there was an element they were trying to sort of gain favor with people based on, oh, look how generous they are. Yeah, yeah. But the Bible is also very clear that nobody is to ever be judged on their material possessions and their wealth. You know, no. that if, if a judgment comes against somebody who's poor on be, uh, and it's an, unjust because somebody else is rich you know the bible's really strong on that stuff yeah, yeah or if somebody comes into a setting where the church is meeting or into a home and somebody who looks poor is kind of pushed to the side while somebody who looks wealthy is kind of ushered to the front or to the to the table the, you know again the bible is really strong we must never treat people differently based on what they own or what they don't own whether they're rich or whether they're poor and yeah yeah and and i think ultimately you know if we just just finish about what the church we talked about the way the church sort of talks about money because the Bible talks about money. Yeah, yeah. But but the practicalities of why the church needs money. Yeah. Um, you know, I think firstly, the church is here to support those that are within the church family. Yeah. And also to support those in the community that are in need where the church is aware of needs, where we can help people. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus was very generous. The church in Acts was very generous. And rather than asking money so that we can kind of look after ourselves or look after a building. Yeah. The shift, uh, I think, that, that has taken place, I think we, it's kind of the pendulum swinging back to, no, we need, we do need money because money helps us buy clothes, buy food, put yeah. roofs of, roof over someone's head, make a difference in someone's life. And so, therefore, it is necessary to support the church and it is necessary to support the poor and the needy. Yeah. That's why the church does ask for money. And also because the church requires people to lead it. Yeah. And, you know, Paul actually uses this, this old law that says, don't muzzle an ox while it's treading grains. So this yeah. was a law that God had given to say, look, when, a, when an ox is working, make sure it eats. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're going to get a tired, hungry ox and it's not fair. <laughs> and, it was, and actually, Paul's saying he wasn't re- God wasn't as interested in animal welfare as he was that if people lead in the church, they should be compensated for that. They should yeah, be paid yeah. and supported well for that. You know, and I think, again, that's another thing that... People feel happy for a doctor to be well remunerated or for a lawyer to be well remunerated or a manager or a person with different areas of responsibility. But actually, in the church, it's not that we're comparable with that, but but the people who do a good job should be well remunerated for yeah, it, yeah. you know, in, and in, it, and in it, an appropriate way. Yeah, and it makes sense as well, doesn't it? Because it's not like the church is looking outside of itself being like mm. guys we don't do anything for you but can you like give us some donations so that we can have a job and stuff like that actually it it makes sense we look to the family yeah. who are supported by those in in ministry yeah. and who are to say 
if you want that spiritual care and oversight, yeah. there is a responsibility for us to bring what God asks of us to bring mm. into the storehouse yeah, yeah. so that there's stuff to eat, both yeah. physically and spiritually, yeah. um, so that we can call on people and, and um, have them supported, but also so that, you know, great example, you know, during COVID when everything was going on um, and furlough was uncertain and everything, like it was it was such a blessing to have generous people who were willing to go, do you know what? There might be some people who are in need amongst mm. us. Here's money. Mm-hmm. Make sure that people are cared for and that they're yeah. well looked after. And it was a real beautiful picture of the generosity yeah, of yeah. the people of God. And very quickly, it takes away from any sense of, all this is mine. I've got mm. to protect it. I've got to look after myself. Actually, you realize I'm a I'm a conduit for mm. God to be able to care and look after other people. And as I do that, I know that he's going to look after me as well. Yeah. And it's just this beautiful picture of kind of this flow mm. of God provides for us, we provide for others. God continues mm. to provide for us, we provide for others. And, um, and, and I really believe that that's kind of that pattern and picture that, the Bible yeah. speaks of and that we're so blessed in living like that. The bigger challenge sometimes is for people to accept <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, the support when they need it. But, yeah. um, but that's what the church is here to do. And, you know, ultimately I think it's just to say money does matter. Yeah. Um, does. Money does define what matters to us and it can become a really important, significant part of our life so much so that it can own us if we're not careful rather than us owning it. God owns everything and he recognizes and he, he judges us based on our attitude towards money amongst other things. Money is useful. Yeah, it is. Um, and it can either own us or it can help us. And, and I think the, the balance in the church that we need to strike and continue to strike is, is that we're, we're faithful with what God gives us, that we're not afraid to talk about money, yeah. that we're generous whenever we can be, and that we're always trusting God for it. So, so I hope that's been helpful. And yeah. um, we've just picked up some things, a little bit about, about money there. And yeah. if there's other questions around it you'd like to ask us, then why not give us a shout? Yeah. Thanks, Thanks very watching. much.